1: So about Michael Jordan, how you gonna hit from outside the finals? You can't even get in.
2: Welcome to the Basketball Addicts Podcast. Today we have a good one. We also we will be Another going one. over our top 10 list. I mean, not top, top 100 list. Basically giving you guys some good content about our top 100 rankings because everybody else messes it up. So today we're going to be covering 70 to 61. So we're starting to move higher on the list. Better players, more star power. Uh, so yeah, those are the guys we're going to be talking about today on this podcast, and we also have two people joining us for this podcast, or Zach Porter and Kyle Lahr, who won the uh, the Instagram submission. So they're going to be talk giving their thoughts about the podcast, give their thoughts about not the podcast, but the players. So yeah, Chris, are you ready to start it off?
1: Yeah, let's get ready to do this. All right.
2: So we're going to start it off here with number 70. Number 70 is a former number one pick from Kentucky Mm -hmm. University, John Wall. So, Chris, what do you think about John Wall last year? I mean,
1: heading into next Uh, year. Well, he didn't really play last year. Yeah, he was injured, so he he played a little bit. Um, He got traded last year. I know he got traded from the Washington Wizards to the Houston Rockets. Mm-hmm. um was he injured the entire year 40 i think he injured like a little bit um he played half 40 games half the, half, mm-hmm. half the season honestly in my opinion john walters isn't what he used to be um i mean i think it's he's getting to that age mm-hmm. where you know because after a certain amount of injuries you 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 know your body gets older you may still be you know Age-wise, young, but your body's older. So he's not the same player he was anymore. I mean, I can see that he was expecting to be a different type of player than what he was this year, but that just wasn't the case. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I. But you, normally you can, you know, you can expect him to get some decent buckets out of him. But... Mm-hmm. <clears throat> You're good. Go ahead. All right.
2: Yeah, I I, I agree with that. Um, he's he slipped a little bit athletically. He's going to be 31 next year. Um, I think even though his stats are nice, twenty and seven, I mean that's pretty solid for a point guard. His three point percentage has never been, you know, his strength of his game, even though he shot thirty one percent from the three point line. But he's he's always been really good at driving, putting pressure on the rim, uh pass pushing the brace brake on the fast break and being and making good passes. So um uh, yeah, it's gonna he's a good player. He's definitely can bring a good role to a team. I would have I feel like we talked about him in trade rumors a lot for contending teams, but it's just something you've brought up before. His contract is absolutely ridiculous. I mean the man is getting paid like a yeah. lot of money to play basketball. So yeah, John Wall. John Wall seventy makes a lot of sense. Is there anything you guys, Zach or Kyle, you guys want to say about John Wall?
0: Well, I'll say like um, if he's healthy, he's much better than seventy. Even at this age, like we can see like uh really like athletic guards such as like Russell Westbrook, whether you think he's like good or not, like he's going to put up stats. And John Wall's another type of just like athletic guard that uh if he's healthy, he'll put up stats, but right now we don't really know his health, so I think it's okay to have him rank so low.
3: Yeah, I think that's a good mm-hmm. spot for him to be honest, because I feel like a lot of his his success depends on his team and I feel like in Houston, that's just not a good spot for him to flourish. And I feel mm-hmm. like they're gonna try to get uh Jalen a lot of the touches down there. So
2: mm-hmm.
3: I don't think John will have as much as a as much of a role this season. So I feel like that's a good um spot for him at this point in his career.
2: Yeah, I can definitely agree with that. Yeah, I, I agree with those things, yeah. No. <clears throat> All right, so we're going to kick it to number 69 here. We have a former UConn Husky here who is starting a n- basketball with a new team this year, Kemba Walker. Chris, what do you think about Kemba Walker?
1: oh Kemba Walker he's another one of those guys with those outrageous contracts that like they just keep moving him and moving him and moving him um you know that he's going to be a scoring threat always he can create off the dribble um one problem is that he just didn't have the greatest fit with the Boston Celtics I believe you talked about this is that when you have guards like Jalen J- Jason Tatum I mean not guards before forwards like Jason Tatum and guards like Jalen Brown you need a a point guard like a Rondo, maybe even Alonzo, or a CP3, somebody who can just distribute and maybe run the pick and roll with them. You don't really need another guard that's going to be scoring at such a high clip and want the ball in their hand all the time. So maybe he'll do better a little bit um, with his new role in OKC. Possibly he might, you know, they're not going to make him come to the bench, so they have too much in a- OKC right now. Too many guards. I don't know what they're doing over there. But just going for as far as Kemba, um, you know, you kind of know what you're going to get out of him. He's going to drop. He's going to... Give everybody buckets, really, but is he just going to be the perfect fit? We we're not going to see that yet.
2: Yeah, I think you. Um, I think you might have forgot off the top of your head. He went to the New York Knicks this year. Uh, they they uh, cut the him. Knicks. Okay, yeah. Yeah. I'm just or they traded for him. yeah. Like that. Um, but yeah, this guy's averaging 19.3 points per game last year, five assists. Shooting the 90% from the free throw line, 36% from the three-point line. Pretty solid numbers. Uh I I definitely agree with the whole he's he's kind of like John Wall, injury problems. He's he's had a lot of that last two years. So it's hard to know what he really is at this point in time. He's actually oddly the same exact age as John Wall. He's 31. So um Man. he's a good better shot creator, can create from the mid-range, create from three-point line, pick and roll, explosive. Even though you know he's not a great defender, he does give a role to the Knicks. Even though it's not like he's an all star, still he can give a role of scoring a bucket, putting the ball in the hoop. And the Knicks are such a defensively minded team that I think it makes a lot of sense there. So we might see him, you know, be yeah. the guy that you know puts getting the last shot in the end of the game, hitting clutch buckets. Yeah, Kemba Walker here, sixty nine. Feel like that's pretty solid. And Zach and Kyle, do you guys have any takes on Kemba Walker?
3: Definitely not what he used to be. I could definitely see him really falling off this year, especially on the Knicks. I don't really know how he'll mesh with that team. He, mm-hmm. I don't even know if he was like a marquee free agent or anything. I don't know why the Knicks wanted him or thought he'd fit in well. Uh, I could definitely see him just putting up maybe 10 points a game and getting like three to five assists a game. So he'll, he'll do his role, but um, definitely on the downslope of his career. So I, I, I bet he'll have a few more good years left in, left in him.
0: Yeah, I agree. Um, not, I think he has a few good years left in him. He's not going to be the uh, – I don't think he's going to average over – 20 points a game or anything, but I think, personally, I think the Knicks are a great fit because um, they have a need for, like, somebody to create on the outside. I feel like right now it's just, like, R.J. Barrett, Um, but I think having an older, more veteran guard out there could, like, help this team just a little bit more with uh, their offense.
1: Yeah, it's yeah, because I we don't
2: know what R.J. Barrett is yet. So. Mm-hmm. Which is funny that to you said add on to the that name R.J. Barrett. Go for it.
3: <laughs> <laughs> to, to add on to that, I don't know. You guys did mention this on a previous podcast, but what would Kemba's role on the Knicks be like in terms of position? Would they put him at the shooting guard? Would they put him at the point guard? Would he trade... Spot would
1: he come off the bench behind D Rose possibly? What, who knows? Yeah, I don't, I don't. see him really coming off the bench for D Rose though. I think that what they would do is because of Kemba's like name, pretty much they would try to get him to start. But then that would take the ball out of R J Barrett's hand, and he's he's still developing, so he needs to get more touches. Mm-hmm. So if he doesn't get as many yeah. touches, then now we're not now we're not going to ever really see what R J Barrett can become for the Knicks. He might have to end up being traded or something like that, but. I, I don't know how what they're, they're going to do this. Maybe he can slide into the shooting guard role. I mean, he is a scoring point guard, so that might, be, that might work. I don't exactly know. The Knicks aren't the best organization, so you never know what they're going to do.
2: That's facts. <clears throat> All right, so it's interesting that we talked about R.J. Barrett here because he is number 68 on our rankings. So, Chris, what do you think about R.J. Barrett?
1: I think he's still developing. I think he still has – I mean, he had a pretty decent year last year. Um, you know, his pairing with Julius Randle was something that was very surprising for me to see it flourish like it did um, and then the rest of the team around him. But now we're looking at – like, I just kind of want to go back into it was with what we were talking about with Kimba previously was that we just don't know what he's going to be if he you know if he doesn't get the chance to develop. Because now he's get, you're seeing a little bit of him being able to read the defenses maybe maybe um, understanding the offensive scheme a little bit. But now you're throwing Kemba into that mix. So unless you're gonna get Kemba to come off the bench, which I doubt, then how are you going to continue to let this guard develop and we so we can eventually see what his prime could be?
2: Hmm. Yeah, I uh I agree with you. R.J. Barrett needs the ball in his hands because he has flashes of being a really good distributor from the pick and roll and being able to make good decisions from the pick and roll and, you know, creating from three and, you know, going and attacking the basket. So I I agree with you there. I think this guy is probably going to take another step next year. Um, His stats are great. 17.5 points, three assists. Six rebounds, free throw line, 75%. The great part is 40% is the three-point line. So if this guy can keep on shooting like that consistently throughout his career as his ability to create space, create his own shots develop, then he, he can become scary. So you know, it's going to be really interesting to see what it is going to be next year. Was that three-point percentage an epiphany of just a one-year thing, or was it going to be something that's going to happen over and over again coming up in the next coming season? So, yeah. Uh, Kyle and Zach, what do you guys? What's your thoughts on RJ Barrett?
0: I think you hit on everything I was thinking. Um, I don't have much to add on that one, Kyle. You?
3: Yeah, I don't have much to add either. I think RJ still has a lot to prove. I think some, the fandom in New York. Will argue that he he's a bust up until this point, just because he was there was a lot of expectations coming out of college. Mm-hmm. But I think that will fuel mm-hmm. him into a good year, and I think your list next year he'll, he'll be a little higher.
1: Hopefully, yeah.
2: Hope so. Yeah, I hope so too. <clears throat> All right, Chris, you ready to kick it to the next guy?
1: Yeah, that's fine.
2: All right, so we're going to have another New York Nick. We might be a little bit biased about this because I can understand how people would disagree, but we have Derrick Rose here at 67. Chris, what do you think about Derrick Rose?
1: Uh, Derrick Rose, definitely. I mean, after all the injuries, he's still, uh, in my opinion, he's still a pretty decent player, Um, especially he's a little bit lower on our list, um, but maybe higher than... What a lot of people would agree that we should have him. Um, but he's still Derek Rose. He's still the MVP to caliber player, um, in my opinion, because he's still showing flashes of that. Even though his role is a little bit diminished than what it was in Chicago, I mean, he's shooting the ball a little bit better, still able to drive to the basket, get a bucket whenever you need it, um, still a great distributor. <clears throat> so, I mean, I know he's not going to, it's not any more steps forward for him, but at least yeah. he'll continue to be solid throughout the rest of his career.
2: Yeah, I agree with you. The reason why I said we might be a little biased is because I did have him as my sixth man of the year when we chose our awards. Um, but he was the man in the playoffs. like In the playoff series against Atlanta, he was their shot creator. He was their go-to guy. Um, Julius Randle was being really focused on a defense, and it was just kind of like D. Rose creating by himself. So it was really impressive. He basically averaged 20 points per game. In the playoffs, which is really impressive for somebody at his age. I mean, he's going to be thirty three next year, but he's also shooting really well from the three point line too. So he's just a veteran, somebody who really understands how to do his role. He doesn't try to do too much. Can create off the dribble, finish around the rim. He's he's special. Uh, I I really feel like he's underrated, but it, it. So yeah, Zach and uh Kyle, what do you guys think about him?
0: Uh you know like you said um you guys may be biased but i i think he is too high on this list but i get where you're coming from um i think there's a number of other guards that are um more valuable at this point in their career um Kyle Lowry like i've mentioned earlier i i couldn't believe you guys had him so low uh he's old mm-hmm. but uh i think that Kyle Lowry has like um, more value for a team, and he, like, elevates them more than Derrick Rose does. Derrick Rose has kind of evolved into, like, the scoring six-man, like a Lou Will, a Jamal Crawford, something like that, where, like, one night it could be really good, and one night you could disappear. So I think he's a little too high, but it's not so high that it's just, like, uh, ridiculous for me. <laughs> yeah.
1: Okay. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, to add on to that, I think I would agree that he's like going back to like a previous player we've mentioned. I, he's definitely better than Kemba. He he does have some inconsistency problems, in my opinion. But I mean, how 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 many years ago was it where he like dropped fifty that one game? That was like, was that two years ago? Two or yeah, three for the years Wolves ago? though. It was it like it two, two years ago, yeah, I think. Yeah, like yeah. I. Yeah, so I think his his potential is there. I think this is a decent spot on the list for him. He uh, he's a good player, in my opinion. I'm a D Rose fan. Like I, I always root for him when I when I watch him, just because what he's been through and uh, just coming back from injury. So yeah, I'm rooting for him.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, that's good. I can agree with that.
2: He's definitely one of those guys that yeah. seems like a good human being, too. If you like listen to him talk about in interviews and stuff like that, he seems like a really good dude. Yeah. <clears throat>
1: mm-hmm.
2: All right, Kurt. are you ready to kick it to the next guy? Yep. All right, so we're going in here to number 66, former Kentucky Wildcat. Somebody we talk about a lot on this podcast, Tyler Hero. Chris, what do you think about Tyler Hero?
1: Ooh, okay. So here's the thing with Tyler Hero is that he had an amazing bubble, right? And then just disappeared last season. In my opinion, it's just he just poof, poof. Where'd he mm-hmm. go? Where's our hero? Um, and that's and so mm-hmm. now we look at Tyler Hero. You know, some people may have him lower, may have him higher. But we just kind of just put him here because of we don't know who he is yet. There's no we can't you can't identify Tyler Hero for the simple fact that he had a he had a great bubble, you know, showing up, snarling, clutch shot, knocking down these threes and all this and all this other stuff. But now during the regular season, we're like we're still trying to figure out who he is. So the because we don't know who he is and what he might be, and we're expecting to see maybe him take a step or show us a little bit more of bubble hero this season than when you put him here. So, if, you know, if he can show us bubble hero, we'll move him up. If not, then yeah. he'll pretty much stay the same because we have to see if it was an aberration or if this is actually who he is. He was having an offseason.
2: Yeah, I mean, his numbers were... Maybe the terrible. Jack Carlos song got to him. Uh, <laughs> That's a good song. Uh, <laughs> yeah, his numbers were like 15 points, uh, 3.4 assists, 5 rebounds, 80% of the free throw line, 36% for the three-point line. So... His numbers did kind of drop except points per game, but the efficiency numbers dropped. I think what everybody's seeing, though, is it's just he seems like I guess we all had a vision of, oh, my gosh, this guy's really special. We all knew coming in that he could shoot the three point shot, but we were seeing flashes of D book like by Devin Booker first year. Um, We were all surprised what Devin Booker was his rookie year, that he could shot create, that he could shoot from the mid-range, create space for himself. And we saw flashes of that in the summer league bubble. So I understand what you're saying, Chris. And I think that he's still still young. He's going to be 22 next year. I I think he's going to keep on developing and move towards the all-star potential that I think most people can see that is there for him. So, yeah. Zach and Kyle, what do you guys think of him?
3: I don't. I haven't really watched Tyler Hero outside of the bubble, so to be honest, I can't really comment on this position for him. But one thing I do know is he did have a great bubble. That's when I did watch him a lot. So I, I haven't really caught up with him how he played this season. But based on how the Heat as a team, as a whole team, did, I. He probably should be a little lower. I don't know. I'm I'm probably biased just because the Heat kind of disappointed, wet the bed this year. So that's my yeah. I agree. On that.
0: Um, I think he should be um, a bit lower. Tyler Hero um, was really just kind of disappointing in like how he progressed this year. I mean, you saw him in the bubble. He was making big shots. He was driving to the rim. Stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And it just seemed like he really regressed. Well, not regressed, but like Mm -hmm. didn't progress as much as you would have liked in that second year player after a good like after a good playoff run. Um, Maybe he took the foot off the gas or something, but like, I don't know, maybe this could be the uh, the wake up that he needed to like get himself into good shape for next season maybe put on a few pounds so he can go to the rim uh but right now i just don't think he's at that point to be this this high
1: mm. mm-hmm. Okay.
2: all right so then we're gonna kick it to number 65 here this is a mainstay on the miami heat uh younger side of things Started all the games basically in front of Tyler Hero. Really efficient player, Duncan Robinson. Chris, what do you think about him?
1: You were breaking a really, really bad. What, what, what was the name you said?
3: Duncan Robinson. Okay.
1: Oh, Duncan Robinson. That's oh, another Duncan one. Um, here, but 65.
2: he was pretty solid
1: this year. Duncan Robinson. Duncan Robinson is another is one. He's uh, he has a great story. I know that he's just a very consistent three point shooter, um, especially you know with that Heat offense that they have. Um, so he's supposed to be like tag team, like kind of pseudo Splash Bros with Tyler Hero. So um, I think that. Going forward, I mean, I think that, you know, that this mm-hmm. might be a good spot for him because I do kind of consider him after what I've seen last year better than Tyler Hero, but Tyler Hero might still just have like a little bit more potential than him. So we can, we might see Tyler yes. Hero take a step forward. Duncan Robinson might take a step forward as well. Um, but yeah, outside of that, it's just, yeah, I'm just, he's a pretty solid player right now.
2: Yeah. I mean, he's just an extremely special, like specialist. Like, he shoots 40% from the three-point line, which is extremely hard to find. Um, He's done it two years in a row now. He's scoring 13.1 points per game, but he doesn't bring much else to the offense. Uh, But, you know, as somebody that does something that's basically, like, the most important thing for somebody to do now today to, at that extreme high level is why he just got paid $90 million. So, you know. That's Duncan Robinson is yeah. a definitely a, a interesting guy. So Zach and Kyle, what do you guys think about uh, Duncan Robinson?
0: Uh, first thing that came to mind was overpaid. Uh, <laughs> that's what I thought of. Probably, um, but uh, yeah, he does bring he does bring like the shooting to the table, and that's the most important thing in the NBA today. But uh. We see it time and time throughout the playoffs. It, like, if you can't play defense, you're going to be hunted. Like, and somebody who gets paid that much needs to be like on the court in the playoffs, or else it's basically a liability for the team. So, mm-hmm. um, I don't know. For a shooter, like, I I I really don't know where to put just like a pure shooter like in the rankings. It's a little bit harder than like. All these other guys we've talked about,
3: yeah, <laughs> yeah, I would agree with Zach. It's hard to place a pure shooter, just kind of yeah, I can in definitely the top see top 100 kind of overall, but i'll I'll give Duncan Robinson props he he is good at what he does uh, in today's NBA with the three point line being so critical, uh, he'll make his shots, he has really high percentage. Uh, he reminds me of Kyle Corver to some extent. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Even Ray Allen, obviously, still has a lot to uh, do to get to that point. But yeah. I see uh, glimpses of them when I see Duncan Robinson.
2: Absolutely makes yeah. Some sense. Yeah. All right, Chris, you ready to kick at the sixty-four? Yeah. 64? yeah. All right, 64. This is a player that had a quietly a very good season last year. Jonas Valachunas is here at 64. Chris, what do you think about Jonas Valachunas?
1: Just recently got traded to the Grizzlies. Um. So, if I'm not mistaken, you can correct me if I'm wrong, because these guys move around so much. Was he with Toronto last
2: year? He, he was with Toronto the year before last year, and then he went to the Grizzlies, and uh, you know, he just got traded to the Pelicans.
1: Now he's on the Pelicans. Yes. Okay. So for the Grizzlies, uh, Grizzlies is one of my favorite teams. So yeah, definitely. You know, style rebounder. rebounding, he can also go back to the basket, post up, and he has some pretty decent post moves that you can get a bucket when you need him to down low. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Yeah, what do you um, have for him? yeah, I agree with you. He's a very solid player, seventeen and twelve, which is I mean twelve rebounds a game is ridiculous. He's also not a liability at the free throw line, shooting seventy seven percent from the three point line. He's never been a phenomenal defender. He's barely he's like point nine blocks a game. But what he is is he was really great for you know setting the tone of their offense and gave them another player to attack in a different way than Ja Morant. Uh, he's a very developed post-scorer and has a bigger body, so it's going to allow him to do, it, do this for the next four years of just being dominant inside and playing his role. Uh, he would fit great in the 90s and the 80s. So he'd probably be more valuable as a player during that time frame. But, yeah, he's a really good player. Yeah. He's a solid guy, understands his role, a little more skilled than a guy like Yosef Nurchik. Um, so, yeah, he's a good player. Uh, Kyle
0: and Zach, what do you guys think about him? So, um, Yotis is weird in today's game because he doesn't really have a jump shot. Um, you know, he's a big guy, doesn't play the greatest defense that you want from a severed footer, doesn't protect the rim well, but uh, the, offense, the offense is there just around the rim. But he's also not like a guy who's uh, like uber-athletic and everything. So... It's hard to see where he fits on a team that's going to be really successful. Uh, like, I don't know. You see, you see teams that like have the uber athletic DeAndre Ayton, and he'll fit he'll fit anywhere just because he can catch a lob, put put on like uh, uh, a lot of pressure in the pick and roll game or you can have like a Brooke Lopez who can step out, shoot the three, make you respect him out there. But Jonas is just odd because he needs like a slower half court offense. And that's what the NBA is moving away from. Mm-hmm. these days.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true.
3: Yeah. Jonas is, uh, I don't, honestly, I don't, I don't remember your guys's previous, uh, rankings for like centers in the top 100, but I feel like Jonas is kind of on the digression for big men in today's NBA. If I knew any others that you'd rank below them, I can kind of compare it to Jonas and just see how they size up Um, next to each other, but I don't know. Honestly...
2: James Wiseman and I'm like, Nurchik are the guys kind of below him. Yeah. Okay, gotcha.
3: Yeah, I can make the argument that Nurchik does have more of potential than Jonas just because of age. Mm-hmm. But then again, didn't Nurchik just come off an injury not too long ago? So Yeah. In terms of just like the list, I feel like Jonas should be a little lower just for his impact for a team.
2: Mm -hmm. I can see that. Okay. Yeah. All right, Chris, you move ready to move to 63. Yeah,
1: let's
2: go. All right. So we're going to move to a little bit more of a controversial uh, guy here. We talk about him a lot in the NBA finals. Deandre and here is 63.
1: Uh, so DeAndre Aiden, at least is how we speak about him, and you're very critical of this guy. And I kind of see what you're saying. So basically is he is not as good as everybody He's pretty overrated um, because he just kind of needs that pick and roll in order mm-hmm. to thrive in order to be successful just like so he's like a perfect counterpart for CP three because CP three is to He's gonna spam pick and roll. Mm-hmm. And that's all that's what DeAndre Aiden needs. So as long as him and CP3 are together, his numbers will look a bit inflated. But outside of that, he is a pretty decent center. You know, I mean, he's perfectly for that system because he can get up and down the floor pretty quick, catch the lob. He's a lob threat at all times. Yes, You always have to watch out for that. Um, besides that, he doesn't – I mean, he's a pretty decent defender as well. So outside of that, it's not really much to just, you know, call home about. But he's just as long as he's with CP3, then his numbers will look great.
2: Yeah. I agree. Um fourteen point four points. Uh he's a great rebounder. He does he does he does a great job on the boards, even though it's not as valuable today's game. But uh he shoots seventy seven percent from the th- free throw line and obviously he's a non threat on the three point line. Basically I, I do feel like he's gonna get better. Uh he's still twenty two. He shows flashes of being able to dominate in the post, has a bigger body. If he stretches it out to like free throw line, mid range shots. At this Maybe next year, I could see him giving another option with Chris Paul in the pick and roll too, which will make his uh, skill set more diverse. So yeah, I, I definitely feel like he has much more upside than the other centers, other than maybe James Wiseman, who's really special upside-wise. But it was only flashes. So this, this is a good player. I feel like he just deserves where he's at. So yeah, Kyle and uh, Zach, what do you guys think about him?
3: I think after his performance in the finals and just throughout the playoffs, he he earned this spot and potentially even higher, but he also earned a paycheck. I, I was really impressed with just the lob threat he was, the hustle, getting all the loose mm-hmm. rebounds and stuff This this playoff run. But the dude like kind of was nothing before CP3. That's kind of like my only criticism of him. Like CP, like I want, I wonder what he'll, how he'll mm-hmm. play without CP3 leading the offense. So that's, that's my only critique of him. And uh, I'm hesitant to put him any higher, but I think he's earned this spot where he's at. Yeah.
0: Uh, speaking on Kyle's point about uh, CP, I think he'll be fine without him. Um, I believe the year before, he averaged a few more points per game, but obviously with Chris Paul coming in, he's giving up some of that, uh, some of those touches and everything, just going through the pick and rolls, getting people open. Uh, he might not have been as efficient on those points, but uh, I think he'll be fine with or without him in his career. Um, he's got plenty of post moves. The one thing I want to see is just like, a consistent like 15 foot jump shot. If he gets that down, then he's going to be then people are going to have to press up on him. He's going to have more uh lanes to the rim um and people are just going to have to respect him more yeah. like uh rather than uh, packing it in. And it seemed though he was a very good rebounder and defensive player. It seemed like he had mental lapses at times mm-hmm. in the finals against like those veteran teams. So if he can get that all together and kind of feel the game out a bit more, he's going to move way up this list.
2: Yeah, I could see that for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, Chris, you ready to move on to the next one? Yeah. All right. So we have a pair, one of the pairing to Luka Doncic's. Um, he just got paid too. Uh, Tim Hardaway, Chris, what do you think about Tim Hardaway here?
1: Tim Hardaway. Tim Hardaway Jr. Um, So, I know he's like a consistent three-point threat. Uh, <laughs> just throw that out there. <laughs> Shit, <laughs> he's I don't not. like that. Okay. <laughs> but at least, you know, for this day and age, I mean, like, he's a consistent three-point threat. Uh, I'm not really too familiar with Tim Hardaway. Is mm-hmm. in like in his game because I really just was watching Luca, paying so much attention to Luca. Yeah. So if you don't mind, I want to pass it off to our guests.
0: Yeah, yeah. Tim Hardaway was like, <clears throat> it's weird. Like he he was the number two on that team. Like mm-hmm. it, well, obviously there's Kristaps, but like guy with the ball in their hands, he was like the number two after Luca. So it was kind of weird. Mm-hmm. He isn't your typical number two, but like he can shoot the ball. He's got, he's pretty good. He's got a pretty good handle and everything, but yeah, it, it's hard to kind of get a feel for what type of player he is because he really just broke on the scene like a couple of years ago. Like, so I don't know if he's just mm-hmm. a shooter. If we just want to, if we want to see him create more, it's I don't know. Yeah. I don't have
3: any, uh, major critiques for Tim Hardaway. I think I would like him to be more consistent and be able to have an overall better feel for the game. I feel like he turned it over a lot, especially in the playoffs when I was watching them face the Clippers, uh, if he if he develops a jumper and can drive to the rim all at the same time maybe puts on some more muscle uh, he'll definitely move up the list but right now it's a it's a decent spot and uh he he probably just has to work in the off season a little to get just get up to speed
2: yeah He's kind of like an elevated six man. Like a guy who's not a six man, but has the skill set of a <laughs> six man, but he's starting. That's basically what Tim Hardaway, the best best way I can
1: talk about him. Yeah.
2: <clears throat> Are you ready to kick it to the last guy?
1: Chris. Yeah, who's the last one?
2: All right, so the last one is somebody that was just mentioned just now. Kristaps Porzingis here. He is very controversial. A lot of people talking about him getting traded. Chris, what do you think about Christoph Porzingis?
1: I feel like since he came to the Dallas Mavericks, he definitely hasn't been able to capture what he was in New York. Um, you know, being the face of a franchise like the New York Knicks, I mean, he was just all over the place. He definitely just burst on the scene. And then I know with injuries and things like that, it kind of slowed him down a little bit. So I'm not really sure what his points per game was this year. But I just know that he just wasn't showing me what I needed to see this year, especially from, a, you know, a supposed number two. Just like um Zach said previously, like Tim Hardaway Jr. was yeah. basically the number two, and then it was just Kristaps, and that's why Kristaps is unhappy. So, I mean, I feel like if he's he's in trade rumors, if he's going to leave, I mean, I feel like that might be the best bet for him and see if he can rejuvenate his career somewhere else.
2: Yeah, um, KP had a really... He had a pretty solid year statistically, 20 points per game, nine rebounds, uh, 85% for the free throw line, 37% for the three-point line. But what the real problem here is, is the playoff numbers. They're terrible. Uh, 13.1 points per game, five rebounds. Like it is, It's really bad. Um, so I think what we're all seeing is a guy who, yeah, you're right, we all saw the potential of him. Um, I I don't know if since that injury he just doesn't want to play as physical because he used to post up a little bit more in New York. I know he's not like going to be a phenomenal post player because uh-huh. he's such a thinner frame, but he's seven foot three. Used to hit that bank shot if I'm not mistaken back when he was in New York. So it's 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 a guy who's very efficient. It's just it, I don't know what's kind of happening there. I don't know if it's the head coach, if it's the culture, or if it's him. I don't know, but uh, hopefully he can figure it out because I definitely don't like the... I, we all, I think we all want to see what the best potential players are and see them perform the best of their capability. So, yeah, that's I feel like that's my take on KP. Uh, Kyle and Zach, what do you guys think about him? I think he
3: regressed since he's been on the Knicks, but I still am very high on him, I think, he is still a superstar. I think he just needs the right fit. I don't think necessarily Luca was, even though that doesn't make sense because Luca like makes everything everybody around him better. Yeah. But i I feel like if he's the yeah. if he's the guy, kind of like he was on the Knicks, then he'll flourish instead of being the number two behind Luca. If he's the guy. He uh, he'll put up big numbers. See them. Yeah,
0: yeah. Um, he definitely has regressed a little bit just from. I think it's more. Uh, switching over to uh being the Robin type on a team rather than, being the guy. Um. It it seems like it's kind of been hard for him to kind of feel out when. Is the best time for him to uh, go ahead and, I don't know, take the reins mm-hmm. from Luca or like when Luca's off the court to kind of uh, put the team on his back. So I don't know if that's something they can work out if the trade needs to happen. But as you said, uh, Jason, it was, uh, he isn't as physical anymore and it's kind of crazy because he put on a lot of muscle since new york um and it just seems like he is not as um into it on defense or going into the lane or anything Mm. and i don't know if that's mental or just like i don't know something different in like scheme Mm -hmm. that uh needs to be worked out yeah
2: yeah that's pretty yeah that's good yeah all right, so this is going to be the end of our list. So this is our reoccurring top 10 rankings. This is going to be a, um, a something we're going to be doing for multiple weeks uh, after this to uh, break down who's going to be our top 10, I mean, top 100 players in the NBA. So, yeah, you guys can check us out on Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, Spotify, wherever you guys listen to podcasts. You can find us, hit the download button, anything of that kind. It's very helpful to us. So, yeah, Chris, do you have anything else you want to say? Oh, thank thank you to K- Chris and, uh, not Chris, uh, Kyle and uh, <laughs> joining, joining our podcast. Yeah, thank uh, you. Definitely appreciate thank that. You. <laughs> Chris, do you have anything else?
1: No, I just want to say thank you to our guests for sure. You know, we really enjoy having you guys on, um, you know, and we can't wait to see you for the Sunday after next podcast. Yes. So, yeah, they'll hear more about that later.
0: Yep. Hey I can't wait. It was a great time. All right. Yeah,
1: yeah. thanks for having us yeah. on.
2: All right. Well yeah. I'm Jason Collins.
1: And I'm Chris Mohammed.
2: And we are the basketball addicts.
1: Peace.